0: Gone off to Brown or Michigan State. His brother would go to a fine college one day, also. Still, his brother did love him, and his mother loved him no less than she loved his brother. His mother thought he would come out of the ways he had never expected to go. The young man sometimes believed this, too. His thinking of it was interrupted when Ernesto said something conspiratorial to Carlo about offering a puff of their smoke to the owner of Bonita. This amused Carlo so much that he deliberately fell over on his back, laughing as only a servile man can, like a dog performing for its master. Carlo was stupid, which the young man did not believe made him any less dangerous than Ernesto. The owner of the little Yola sat some distance away, with his back also propped against a large rock. He made no comment on Ernesto's offer, because he was dead. Like a rare heron displaced from her environment... Olivia Montefalco high-stepped regally into the heat and blare of O'Hare International Airport. Though it was June, she wore a white wool suit with her high-heeled white sandals and huge diamond-stippled sunglasses. Those she passed were certain they had seen her before, perhaps in a magazine photograph. They fell back to make way. Oblivious to the stares from fellow travelers and haggard morning smokers, Olivia stood on her toes and scanned the ranks of limousines, SUVs, and police cars. Where was that huge thing Tracy drove? The last time she'd seen it, it had been filled to exhaustion by Cammy and about a dozen of her soccer mates, all chittering and smelling of sweaty socks. Olivia was amazed that Tracy could work full-time and cook for Jim and visit her parents and send letters and coach soccer as well. Perhaps now that Cammy was grown, she had a different car. Two skycaps trailed behind Olivia, like yoked oxen straining to push the teetering towers of Olivia's turquoise Hank Fondamena luggage. Olivia had shipped most of her belongings, but the bits and essentials that comforted her after twenty years in Italy came with her, in fourteen matching pieces. Olivia bit her lip a gesture that, when she was married to Franco, guaranteed jewelry within days and wondered if Tracy had forgotten her. Olivia hadn't written for months and months, not since Tracy's flurry of phone calls and offerings of help during Franco's illness. She didn't wonder if being left at the airport would serve her right. That was the kind of pondering that Olivia censored. With a sure hand and her cousin Janice riding shotgun, Tracy piloted her huge van around the arrivals tier. "'There she is! There's Olivia! Behind that weird luggage!' Holly Solvig shrieked from the back seat. "'Wonder how much extra that cost! I've never seen someone with so much baggage!' "'We already knew that!' Janice said dryly. Tracy remonstrated softly. "'Jan... Halls, come on. If it is Olivia, it's Olivia. You knew she was wealthy. Olivia had returned to the United States only twice in twenty years—once for her brother's wedding, once for her father's funeral. Each time Holly and Tracy had come to fetch her had been the same. Olivia changed her entire appearance the way other women changed the color of their nail polish. But since neither Holly nor Tracy Kyle changed— She never failed to recognize them. "'I told you it was her, Trace,' Holly repeated triumphantly. "'Look, she sees us. She's giving the godmother wave.' Tracy glanced back, nearly colliding with a sob. It was their wave, the American Sign Language letter Y, an extended forefinger and thumb. "'Look at those sunglasses!' She looks like Mario San Giacomo's mother at the country club pool in 1970. Now it's going to take a half hour to come back around again to get her. Holly felt like a fool, a 42-year-old woman making the Y sign out the back window of a van. No way, Janice cried now. Whoever that woman is, she's at